1: Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to be here with you this Thursday morning, the final day of May, May 31st, and we have a lot to get to, so let's jump into the morning menu right now.
2: Here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We like to start off the show by giving you our menu of topics. The morning menu, that is, live now with the morning menu is Dan Tortora.
1: The morning menu right here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora brought brought to you by our proud partners in Central and upstate New York. You can check them all out by going to wakeupcalldt.com and seeing them all on the homepage. Click on each of their logos for more information on their products, their services, and why they are different in the best of ways. With that being said, this morning is a great morning for Syracuse, New York, is it not? Because Tyus Battle has decided to do what I thought was the best decision, which was to come back to Syracuse and spend some time with the Orange once again for one more season. I thought that he should come back. I thought that there were some skills to hone, some things to do to improve, and he agreed and actually put out that there's some things that he wants to work on and get better at before he puts his name back in the draft after his junior season. So this day, this May 31st day, and technically May 30th because that's when he technically did it, Tyus Battle is back with the Syracuse Orange. He is back on the squad and he has decided that Syracuse is where he will spend this upcoming season as opposed to to going to the NBA draft, staying in the NBA draft. His words to the community, he said, "Quote: I have decided to go back to Syracuse University to complete my junior year. Although I may have been picked by the NBA team of my dreams, I feel it is in my best interest at this time to focus on improving some fine points in my game while continuing to work toward achieving my degree. My plan is to re-enter the draft next year. Going back to Syracuse is an easy decision on many levels. That is where I want to be for now. I had incredible workouts with some amazing NBA organizations. However, the NBA, God willing, will be in a future chapter for me. This year, it's all about the Cuse. I'd like to send a shout out to all the Cuse fans who supported me throughout this process, as well as my family, coaches, teammates, and Drew Hanlon. End quote. That is what Tyus Battle had to say as Tyus waited and waited and waited and waited and waited for the final possible moment almost to tell the world that he's coming back to Syracuse. And the irony of it all is that a post, a, a, there's a post on Instagram and the post stated that he had unfinished business and that he wasn't done yet he was coming back to Syracuse. Then that post mysteriously disappeared. So you thought he was coming back, maybe not, coming back, maybe not, coming back. It just kept going back and forth all day long, driving people absolutely insane until ultimately he said, I am coming back to Syracuse, and this is where I'm going to be. I put up a post yesterday that said, I understand Syracuse fans want Tyus Battle to come back. What I don't want is any hate rhetoric sent Tyus' way if he chooses to go to the NBA. We all have opinions, but as I talked about on the show yesterday, freedom of speech is not the freedom to attack someone. Whatever Tyus chooses is his decision, respect it. And many people are happy this morning, but if he didn't choose Syracuse, I hope you would have been just as nice, just as calm, just as positive as you are this morning. It's great to get good news, but you always have to know they're respecting somebody he's the only way to go. Orange Avenger said he made the decision that was right for him and his family. Yay. Glad he's back. Many people are good, sir. Many people are. Tyus Battle is back in the cues for one more season, and he is helping this Orange team to create some depth and some opportunity across the board here as they get prepared to make another run. Now, I find it really funny, the things that people say, like, oh, if Tyus doesn't come back, then this team's not going to do this, and this team's not going to do that, and yada, yada, yada. And they said the same thing about Darius Baisley. Now that Darius Basley is, isn't on the team, the team isn't going to win, and they're not going to do that. There's always naysayers that always anything, any little thing, Jim Beheim stubs his toe, well, they're not going to win six games this year. There's always those people. Then there's people like me who are insane, who said a few years ago that Syracuse was a really good team that could win the ACC, and they went to the Final Four, and everybody thought that I was nutsy Fagan over here, and guess what? Papa was right. So, you never know, but I always err on the side of, why don't you believe in some people working really hard toward a common goal? And, you know, you look at what you see. You know, what you see is what you get. And these Syracuse teams that are counted out and disrespected and underappreciated... They kick some high tail. Well, this year, this team is not going to be disrespected and underappreciated, I would think. And with the return of Tyus Battle, I would imagine that Syracuse is back in the way too early top 25. And that they are in a position, right? And I said this. I said, if Tyus Battle comes back to this team with all the depth they have, I believe that this team can get farther than the Sweet 16. And I do believe that. I do believe that still to this day. If Tyus Battle comes back, which he has, this team is, this team could be a Final Four team. Look at the depth that they have. Everybody came back except for Matthew Moyer, and Matthew Moyer hardly played. So everybody came back, and I, and I don't say that with any disrespect. I'm stating an obvious fact. Matthew Moyer did not affect the wins and losses that Syracuse had, so him not being on the team as the only person that's not there anymore doesn't affect the team's ability to win games is what I'm trying to say I'm sad that he's gone in the sense of the fact that I knew how supportive he was of Syracuse and the decision and being a part of this team but ultimately he made a decision that was best for him that ultimately doesn't affect the team that much now they were close to him and friends with him but he did not affect wins and losses for Syracuse. So. It's, it's having two different conversations. I respect the heck out of Matthew Moyer. And at the same time, him leaving doesn't affect Syracuse's ability to win games, is what I'm saying. So everybody's coming back. Plus they're adding Braswell. Plus they're adding Jalen Carey. Plus they're adding preferred walk on Brendan Paul. Plus they're adding Buddy Bayheim. So they have depth at every single position. Oh, and this guy Elijah Hughes, who had to sit out because he transferred last year, He's got three seasons of eligibility coming from East Carolina as well. So, Syracuse has depth at every single position right now. Every single position they have depth. At center, at forward, at point guard, at shooting guard. They have depth all over the court right now. This guy named O'Shea Brissett, you might know him. He decided to come back too. So, Syracuse is in a position right now where... They were dangerous last year when many thought that they were. there was no way that they were going to be dangerous at all. There's no way that they deserve to be in the tournament and yada, yada. I had them in as an 11-seed play-in game, and they were an 11-seed play-in game. I had them exactly where they ended up going. I thought that the committee thought maybe we should put them in, but we can't guarantee them a spot because we don't think they've done enough, and that's exactly what they did. And they made it to the Sweet 16. So, I think that they I think the committee made the right decision. When you come into the NCAA tournament as a play-in team, as a team and then people want to make all these comments about how you don't deserve to be there and then you make it to the Sweet 16 out of 351 schools, I think that that's the time that all those talking heads need to shut up and say that they were wrong, and some of them do, most of them don't. The overwhelming majority of them don't. They all oh, Sarah well, I still don't think Syracuse was supposed to be there. Or Syracuse stole somebody's spot in the Sweet 16 because the committee let him in. I love that one. I love that one. When you win games and beat teams, what is and what is the remark? Well, Syracuse only won and only beat teams because the committee let him in. That doesn't even make any sense. The committee let him in. And you said they didn't deserve to be in, and then they proved that they deserved to be in, and now you're saying that they didn't deserve to be in because they didn't prove it, but they just proved it. So what you're really saying is you hate Syracuse. Your personal is taking over your professional, and you can't differentiate between the two. And you would break the cardinal sin of not, uh, you would break the cardinal sin of of not being impartial for the sake of hating a team. And so you've legitimately told the world that they shouldn't listen to you anyways because you can't differentiate between your personal feelings and the truth. you know. And that's that's the crazy thing about it. Now, I am from Syracuse, born and raised. I grew up watching Syracuse. I grew up around the Dome. But you know how honest I am about this team. If I think they're going to win, I'll say it. If I don't think they're going to win, I'll say it. And that's been since day zero on the radio with the Dance of Taurus show on ESPN and 96.1 FM in Scranton, Pennsylvania, when they were playing UConn, and I went on the air and I said, they're not going to win this game. (laughs) And and I mean, that's how it's been all the way through. You got to tell the truth and you got to be honest. I have Syracuse at six and six for football this year, but that's being generous. I think that it's more likely they could be four and eight again or five and seven. 6 and 6 is is the absolute best I see them being right now. So, to the people that call me a homer, I don't think homers pick their their home teams to be 6 and 6 or 5 and 7. I think they pick some pick 'em to be 12 and 0 every year. So, Tyus is back and this Syracuse team is hella dangerous is what I posted yesterday and it's very true. Now, they were dangerous last year, and what am I basing this on? You know, Mr. Totoro, what are you basing? Why do you think Syracuse is going to be dangerous this year? Well, I'll answer that question. Thank you for asking. The answer to that question of why is Syracuse dangerous this year is that they were dangerous last year without the help. They were dangerous last year having to play 40 minutes for Tyus Battle and 40 minutes for O'Shea Brissett and 40 minutes for Frank Howard. Now they have a break. Now these guys can sit and watch the game and go, Oh, when I'm going now I see what that guy's doing. Oh now I can I can I can watch him here on the sideline for two minutes, three minutes, five minutes, and I can see like when I'm going to my right, this is what he does. Or this is how I mean the thing is you learn you learn a lot on the court, you learn a lot watching as well. And the guys couldn't watch last year because there was nobody to take their place. So they had to play. You know, Barama Sidibe ebay played injured all last year. All of last year, and still get did some good things. A healthy Baramas at eBay can change the game for Syracuse. Pascal Chukwu, he had to play for the, and he's got to play the rest of his time in basketball with those protective eye goggles on. And he, I know that you know people want to talk about centers can't catch the ball and this that, and the other. He put the ball on the floor. The man was the second best free throw shooter on the team. The second best. He's seven foot two. So you have a you have a free throw shooter who can touch the hand of God. And you have a good a good free throw shooter that can touch the hand of God. And then you have Tyus Battle returning. You have Frank Howard who wasn't asked to ever be an offensive player. Then all of a sudden he was asked to be an offensive player and look at what he did with it improve it shot more and improved his shooting percentage while he shot more. You add you couple that in with the fact that Buddy Bayheim's coming in with his ability to shoot and wants to show that he's more than that. Then you bring in a guy like Brendan Paul, who's a preferred walk-on, who is best friends with Buddy Bayheim who played at Brewster Academy with Buddy Bayheim so don't forget that name, just in case. Then you have Elijah Hughes, who is on the team and got to watch last year and the coaches were singing his praises of what he was doing in practice and that how he changed his body weight and how he changed things as he moved forward during the season as he's watching from the sideline. And then you take and you add in the fact that O'Shea Brissett is back on the team and most likely will enter his name into the NBA draft after his sophomore season this upcoming season. And then Braswell comes in, and you have him added to the team, and you have Jalen Carey who's added to the team, who's been through a lot of heartache with his sister passing away and, and everything and where he's grown up, so the game of basketball to him is not as hard as the game of life. So you have that coming in with a man that's been taught a lot of things at a very young age who can bring a lot to the table. So you have all of that coming and a Hall of Fame coach is going to take over his 43rd season. I think Syracuse is going to be okay. So why do I think that this team could be something this year? Because they were something last year when nobody thought that they were capable of being anything last year. Very few thought that. And look at what they did with it. With that being said, it's time to get Alan Griffin on the line. We'll be back in just a moment.
0: This is a wake-up call, Fast Break.
4: This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. Call our home office at 315-752-9513. Or better yet, call or text me directly at 315-748-2524.
5: Let me ask you a question, Lawrence. If I needed you to help me buy a house, find the right place, could you help me do that?
4: Joe, I'll help you find your dream home.
5: You don't ever say my name on the radio, never. If I needed to sell a house, could you help me go about that the right way? Yes, yes I can. How do they get a hold of you?
4: Call me directly at 315-748-2524.
5: But you also do the commercial property. So if I got a business, couple businesses, got to take one here, move it over there, do this, do that. Are you going to help me buy and sell my commercial property also? Yes, sir. I like that. I like that. What's my name again? I have no idea. Absolutely. But they need to know your name, so give it one more time.
4: This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. My phone number is 315-748-2524.
5: Why don't you tell them your name one more time and that number so we can jot it down.
4: This is Lawrence Papaleo. Call me or text me directly at 315-748-2524.
1: Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash Call. DT, proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And as we were just speaking about before that fast break, Tyus Battle is back, has decided to spend his junior season with the Syracuse Orange, and automatically helps them out once again this season with their depth and their ability to move forward and do something Pretty special here, as he will join Frank Howard in the backcourt one more time, and this will most likely be Tyus' final go, and it will be Frank's, as Frank is a senior. And with that being said, assistant coach Alan Griffin is on the show this morning live, and we appreciate him taking some time with us coming off of that decision by Tyus Battle. Alan, how are you doing today?
6: I'm doing great. Doing great.
1: Now, Tyus is back, so... Obviously, as an assistant coach of this team, just what you can say about what that does for the culture of the team moving forward.
6: I mean, when you get a chance to add him back, uh, twenty points a game. Uh, more importantly, a uh, great kid uh, to a culture that you you know, Coach Behams is uh, continue to uh, grow. Uh, it's, it's an unbelievable uh, thing for us. Uh, I think we're all ecstatic. Uh, me, uh, you know, I can talk for myself here. I was very happy, uh, to being a part of the program, especially, uh, now with, uh, with everything's going on. Um, I, I think the uh, future is bright. Uh, and it's one big piece to our future. I mean, some people might think it's just one more year, but, um, it gives us a cushion where, you know, some of our freshmen and guys, it uh, takes a little bit of the pressure off them, and they can kind of really gradually grow into who they're who they uh, going to become uh, uh, on this stage, uh, college basketball. And um, it's just a big, big, big announcement for us, and, again, we're ecstatic.
1: And when we look at this, I mean, Syracuse, obviously, with everything that came down, from the NCAA's punishment, you know, having to deal with less scholarships per year, and 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 trying to put a team together, and within that time, Malachi moving forward, and Tyler Lyde moving forward, and Torian Thompson leaving and whatnot. Just what you could say. I know you've 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 only been back for this past season, but just how well you think Syracuse has navigated this roster restructuring with everything that happened. You
6: know, you know, obviously a lot of it has to, you know. Coach Barry has to get a lot of credit. Um, one thing he didn't do is panic. Um, he was taking what was given to him, and he molded it into you know a Sweet Sixteen team. Uh, not a lot of programs in the country can do that, and that's exactly why he's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, on top of you know, we have a first-class administration who you know what they trusted in coach, and, and that and knowing that coach knows what he he has to do in order to be a successful team and put a a successful team out there. So um, I I think it's uh, just a first class place. And I think our administration did a great job of just being patient and and coach Uh, again, I thought coach for the thing that he did last year with this team, um, putting us in the sweet 16, helping us get to the sweet 16, excuse me, uh, uh, shows that, you know, again, he's a hall of famer and he should have been in high consideration for coach of the year for what he was given.
1: And then as far as speaking here with uh, Alan Griffin, Syracuse men's basketball assistant coach, with coaching the bigs, you know, primarily with Baramas at eBay, just what you could say about him. I mean, the man played injured all season long, had to go through that, uh, told me at the end of the season that he was heading towards surgery. Just what you could say about Barama and, and where he's at right now? Uh, you
6: know, Barama's a warrior, uh, very confident kid. Uh, confident in his abilities. And and the the best thing about him is he's a team guy. Um, You know, when he was sitting there, when he wasn't playing, you know, I sat next to him a bunch of times in the games. And when guys came off the bench or when guys came to the bench, I mean, he was the first guy up, you know, congratulating but also too patting on the back saying, hey, listen, next play, next play. So, um, you know, he's a great kid. And, um, you know, his progress, I think our medical staff, over at the university has done an excellent job. I think, you know, right now I'm not 100 percent sure exactly where he is in terms of his timeline, but he's out shooting form, shooting with me and and some of the managers, and he get on the gun and shoot, you know, form shooting, not a, no jumping, no moving, just straight out form shooting, which will help him. Uh, you know, in terms of him getting better for next year. But he's, he's moving along, I think, pretty good. But, again, like, I can't really uh, talk on his uh, timeline because, you know, I leave that up to the guys that, you know, knows that best.
1: And as far as Pascal Chukwu, just what you could say about him. I mean, this is a guy – who, you know, and, and unfortunately a lot of a lot of centers or a lot of bigs in Syracuse catch a lot of flack, but you know, I, I like to remind people that he was, in my opinion, the second best free throw option on the team last season, and he's seven foot two. So that's that's kind of unheard of rarely done by guys in the States here, and, and I think that what he's been able to do with his game, especially there and in crunch time, he's been a big part of a lot of these games and closing out these games, including the game against Michigan State. So, with that being said, just what you could say about Pascal and, and how how you respond to you know the the outside noise, so to speak, knowing that he's obviously better than what he gets credit for.
6: Yeah, you know you can't worry about that. I mean, you know, I, all I worry about is uh, Pascal. I see him every day in practice, obviously in games also too. Um, again, another kid that's really good, a uh, really good kid. Excuse me. Um, the one thing is, is uh, Pascal works when he gets there. You know, when he when he's on the court, he's a, he's a worker uh, in practice. And um, I I just think uh, the the community, Syracuse community, should expect a big year from Pascal. I think you know what people don't really understand is, is that you know he he's been out for two. years. He was out for two years. This is his first four year back. Uh, and in the, in those games that he played, and he played well. Uh, it's a spotlight of who he can be. Uh, He just got to go out there and and, and be confident. Sometimes he he lacked the confidence in these games, and that's expected, especially coming off of two years. Uh, But uh, just getting this year under his belt, I expect, we expect uh, big things from Pascal next year.
1: And so look at the roster as a whole. With Matthew Moyer being the only person leaving, Elijah Hughes has the opportunity to be versatile for the team. Howard Washington, obviously his timeline on getting better as well, but he seems in positive spirits. O'Shea Brissett, Pascal Chukwu, who we just spoke about, Barama Sidibe, who we spoke about, Marek Dolajai, Frank Howard, Tyus Battle. All of that's coming back to the team on top of the fact that Buddy Bayheim is coming in, that Braswell is coming in, that uh, preferred walk-on Brendan Paul is coming in, Buddy Bayheim. Just what you can say about the depth that this team potentially can have next year at every single position for 2018 19. And as an assistant coach, when you see this team on paper, just what it kind of speaks to you about the environment that you will have in practice.
6: Well, I used got one big piece, too, is uh, Jalen Carey, who. Uh... Oh, yes, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm running through all these names, and and he's gonna kill me for that, cause him and I just had a really good conversation. But yes, Jalen as well. Can't
6: forget about Jalen. Jalen is gonna be a, you know unbelievable player for us. Um, and, and you know, getting to your question, uh, the the more the merrier, so to speak. Uh, and and um, practices is gonna be really intense. Uh, it's gonna be highly competitive. And that's what you want, um and guys are gonna go out there and fight for what they believe that they should get, and that's you know that's any competitive nature that that you know any competitive excuse me environment uh guys are gonna fight um and that's what uh you know as a coach you look forward to uh so i'm I'm really looking forward to some of the battles um last year, I think our guys battled as as hard as they can, but limited because of the numbers that we had so uh we um uh we expect a, a really competitive uh uh you know it's going to start in the summertime you know it don't it don't start when practice Start it starts in summer you know when all our guys come back uh summer two and we incorporate some of the freshmen you know we got open gyms uh for those guys and obviously we can't watch as coaches but uh those guys will start to learn especially our young guys learn how to compete they're going to be veterans, they're going to be waiting for those guys As soon as they come on, they're going to teach those guys Hey listen, you got to bring it, this is not high school no more But also too in the weight room um, You know, you got to compete in the weight room So every, it's just going to be a competitive nature from day one And it, and it starts uh, this summer And I'm really, really, really excited uh, to, to see it for next year
1: A conversation before I let you go, Alan, that that I think needs to be had is what this backcourt has. Now that Tyus will be a junior, Frank will be a senior. I know that there's other guys coming in to build some depth there, but just what you can say about this backcourt and what it has done. I mean, Frank was asked to be more of an offensive player last season than he was the first two seasons combined. His shooting percentage went up and he took care of business. Tyus' battle had to take exactly double the amount of shots last year that he took as a freshman, and Tyus Battle had some of those big-time shots at the end of games that helped that separation be there and is obviously somebody the teams had to key in on. So when you look at Frank and you look at Tyus, as well as as what they were able to do defensively and help out there as well at the top of the 2-3 zone, what can you say about now this veteran kind of grizzled backcourt, just what that does?
6: Well... If I'm not mistaken, it will be the most experienced backcourt in the country uh, with those two guys. Uh, given said that, uh, hopefully that you know gives us an advantage going into games, knowing that we have that in our backcourt and adding. You know, Elijah Hughes to that backcourt, adding Buddy Boeheim to that backcourt.
1: I'm not going to forget, like you did, Alan J- Jalen Carey to that backcourt. You're not right, um, Alan. You're, you're <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, well, you, you
6: know, adding these guys to the backcourt just helps. I mean, because they all brings, uh something different. You know, like, you know, I could go in depth with Elijah Hughes will be able to bring in an attacking guard who has the ability to make shots from the outside, which gives us another guy like Tyson, like Frank. Jalen um, Carey is a, a, a talented, talented guard uh, who can play both positions and who uh, will be able to, you know, give us uh, uh, an automatic punch, especially off the bench to start uh, uh, um, uh, at either position, you know, and he can – make shots but also too, he can mix it up by going to the basket and, and, and find another so and a very unselfish kid and then you got you add a lead to shooting and, and buddy Bayheim who can really stick it uh and it was continuing to get better and better and better each day so like uh, when you got that depth um and all got all these guys add something different they can bring something different to the table uh it gives coach Bayheim you know a lot of you know really really good options uh to, uh, to the mix so um, it's going to be uh, very interesting but very competitive again and it's going to be good for us um, you know and the university and, and the fan base here uh, that they can see a really complete team uh, go out there and you know hopefully you know make a further run than we did uh, than, than last year
1: Tyus Battle just what you when, when I say Tyus the first things that come to your mind about the type of kid he is, let's start there. Before we talk about his game and whatnot, just what you can say when I say Tyus Battle. What do you think about as far as who he is as a person?
6: Humble. I think humble, and this is this is who he is since day one, since the day I met him. Um, you know, you got a lot of guys out there that that's in Tyus' position in college basketball, in, in the NBA, any. You know, youth basketball. You know, he's scoring a lot of points. They're the face of the program, so forth. So, and, and and you know, sometimes they're not. They're, they're very into themselves. Whereas, when you when you talk to ties when you get to know Tyus, that's the furthest you think about when you when you meet him. Um, he's a total team guy, a great kid, and and um, and, and I'm just ecstatic uh, that I'm able to being around him again for another year. To, you know, hopefully we can go out and, and, and compete and, and, and get to the final four and win a national championship with
1: him. And then secondly, about his game, two-part question. First and foremost, what are the best things, in your opinion, about Tyus's game? And then secondly, what areas would you like to see him improve the most on?
6: I'll, I'll start with the, the, the last question. Uh, first, um, I think efficiency all across the board. Um, I think with the depth that we have now uh, uh, and, 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 uh, you know, bringing a guy like Elijah into the mix and, and, you know, Mariah getting better, you know, Tyus doesn't have to take so many tough shots. Uh, especially into the shot clock uh, type shots. So that'll help his percentage. But his percentages across the board from his free throw percentage to his three point percentage to his field goal percentage. I, I, I think if we can uh, put him in situations to be successful, I think all three of those percentages will, will go up. And um, and obviously, just doing some other stuff like rebounding the basketball a little bit more, uh, uh, and just being and just being aggressive on both ends. I I think if, if he could, you know in a perfect world, he could put all this stuff together, uh, you'll see a much improved Tires and uh, a guy in, in in a guy that scored 20 points in game, like he does score 20 points a game. So it could be scary on you know if he can improve those little things how good he can be. And we all thought he was really good last year, you know? Um, and, and, and then going to his game, I, I think he, he's a attacking uh, athletic guard uh, who can do who can do it uh, uh, in both ways, you know, making shots from the outside, but also, you know, getting the ball to the basket. I thought towards the end of the year, uh, he showed a lot of versatility in being able to play make for others. If you go back, um, watch the NCAA tournament uh, because of foul trouble and, and, and because of fatigue a little bit, you know we, we, you know, we took Frank off the ball and Tyus was able to have the ball in his hands, you know, as the, as the primary ball handler who started the offense. And, and Tyus made some really good things happen. Our uh, offense flowed. Uh, uh continue to flow well and um it was just a, a good thing to show so i think he's a versatile attacking guard that can that can do a lot
1: that coming from alan griffin syracuse orange men's basketball assistant coach and, and, and alan for you as a, as an assistant coach when he's going and he's meeting with these teams and he's having these private workouts and and whatnot Are you kind of just sitting there like everybody else? I mean, is that how it kind of goes down? I mean, does does Tyus or at least the family keep in touch, or is it relatively quiet during the process?
6: During the process, I think his dad, uh, Gary Battle, was unbelievable in communicating with Coach, and obviously Coach getting the message to us as assistants. Um, You know, through the process, I think, you know, Coach, you know, gave Tyus and the family his blessing and said, hey, listen, you know, this is this could be good for you. Go out and test. That's fine. And, uh, <clears throat> and Gary uh, Battle, who's Tyson's dad, was in constant communication with him. Uh, and, and it was just, you, we never felt out of the loop. Um, you know, myself and Coach Autry, we went to uh, Chicago to, to see the compete in the combine. Um, and so we never felt out of the loop. Tyus you know we we kind of stayed away from Tyus a little bit we had you know for him to concentrate on what he had upcoming uh so you know we all we relied on is the communication from his family which again Gary was unbelievable uh and, and went to coach and from coach it kind of got to us and um it's just uh it, 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 we never felt out of the loop so you know when it, when it came down to crunch time you know, we wasn't panicking because we didn't hear nothing from nobody. We just said, you know, Tyus is going to really think this thing through, and then we'll have an answer by the deadline. And, and, and I think we all understood that, and, and that was uh, the way the process went. Um, and, and, again, uh, a lot of credit to him and his family, uh, Tyus and his family, because, again, they were first class in this whole situation. And I'm not just saying that because the kid came back. I would say that if the kid kept his name in his draft. They were very, very, very first class with this. Very, 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 you know, uh, in communication with us. And that's all we can ask for. And we really appreciate it, uh, uh, everything.
1: And as far as, like you said, you went out and saw him at the Combine. What did you take away from it? There, there was mixed reviews from depending on who you spoke with. What did you take away from it?
6: I, I took away from it, uh, does ties Belong? 100% absolutely uh, you know I, I think the um, the atmosphere uh, it, it was it was hard uh, you got you know I don't know 60 guys I don't know how many guys 70 guys competing for 60 spots and that's not even including you know the, the European players the players that that didn't compete uh, in the combine in terms of playing uh, it, it just was a, a, a very the setting was you know it it was, it was hard. It was a hard setting. Um, but the one thing that we took, took away from it in terms of uh, 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 the strength and conditioning part that, you know, Coach Kabilis and, and, and our system is, is, is up there because in terms of testing, Ty is tested really well. Really well. Uh, and, and that we know what we're doing over here in terms of when we're getting our guys prepared for that next level. So from a, from a testing perspective, uh, from the game the game I watched, he didn't play well particularly well in the first game, supposedly. I wasn't there. Uh, and I just read what they read. I, you know, I talked to Coach Autry very briefly on it. But then the second day when I was there, he scored about 12 points, he grabbed about you know three or four rebounds, played really good defense, played really good man-to-man defense, which everybody kills us on. But I thought he really competed on, uh, on defense well uh, from, from a man-to-man perspective. Uh, so uh, – he, uh, it was. It was. I thought he played well, uh, and I thought that you know when you look at Ty's, uh he, I thought he looked the part. So, again, um, you know, sometimes you know you you, you have to really uh, take a step back and look at the whole picture, and I think Tyus felt like he had a lot to gain by coming back to college, uh, and and and. You know, and, and, and that was his decision, and we're, we're really ecstatic again to
1: have him. Yeah, coming from Alan Griffin, Syracuse University men's basketball assistant coach. Alan, I appreciate you taking some time with us live this morning on Wake Up Call. And now that you have uh, razzed me on the show, I have to remember that I picked a nice picture for you. I'm getting a baby picture next time and putting it up. No,
6: there. no, no, no. You know what, that was part of, <laughs> you know, the last the last couple of times of the picture. You had a bad picture. I didn't have a haircut. I, 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 you know I'm balding, so you know sometimes I have hair, sometimes you know I show my bald spots. You know that like, you got to pick a good picture for me. And you, the, the picture that you put up to, uh, the, today was a great picture because I had a haircut, and you know it was a good photo, uh, shot of me. So yeah, that, I, that, I had to get you back for that. Just remember, <laughs> we have. Just remember, we have Jalen Carey. Okay.
7: <laughs> and, and,
6: and, you know what? I'm going to let you go on this one go ahead um, and, 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 and you forgot to mention we you know we 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 do also have a kid Robert Braswell in the Michigan
1: Oh no team, I said so. that I said Braswell
6: yeah,
1: I no, said Braswell
6: we got to rewind the tape uh, but you know <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just messing with you oh, I, no. I appreciate you I, I appreciate you having me on and
1: uh uh we'll talk later all right. Well, you know what? I'm going to the family, and I'm finding that baby picture. So it's just gonna, Honestly, that's just gonna happen. But you'll hey, listen, you'll have hair back then, so maybe you'll like it.
6: you know, what? I was a cute baby anyway. So go ahead. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I just got
1: ugly as an adult, so don't worry about it. <laughs> no, no, no. You're staying pretty, Alan. You're staying pretty. It's all good. But thank you as always, and I look forward to talking with you again. soon. All right, take care. Time. That that coming from Alan Griffin, once again, man. Always razzing me, man. We gotta razz each other. That's how life goes, man. You only razz people that you like. So with that being said, Alan Griffin, Syracuse Orange men's basketball assistant coach, he's awesome, and uh, speaking with us this morning on Tyus Battle's return to Syracuse, when everybody woke up this morning and thought they were going to see snow again, and not just because it snows all the time in Syracuse, not just because it snowed for six months in Syracuse all the way to the end of April, but because Christmas came just a little bit early when Tyus ended up on the sleigh that came back to Syracuse. With that being said, we'll take a step aside for a fast break. Katie is coming on the show. You know the segment, starting a little bit behind here this morning with this one, but typically at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time, Katie Kalinske coaching with class. She spent seven years under Jim Beheim, and she spent a lot of time with Tyus. She'll be speaking on Tyus' return as well in just a moment.
0: This is a wake-up call, fast
8: break. This is Jim Sikowski, owner-operator of Chick-fil-A Cicero, 7916 Brewerton Road in Cicero, right in front of the Home Depot. I had a deep feeling that God wanted me to do something bigger with my life and to help people, help others. I kept putting Chick-fil-A in my life, and I realized as I was going through the franchise selection process that uh, positively impacting the lives of others was really core to what we do here at Chick-fil-A. First of all, it starts with the food. The food is...
1: Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And as we always do on Thursday mornings in the first hour of the show, we have coaching with class, which is a segment dedicated to Katie Kalinski and what she's done over the last seven years under Jim Beheim at Syracuse and where she goes from here with whatever opportunity presents itself that she ends up taking at this point. We look forward to her future and what's to come. And with that being said, we welcome her back to the show. Katie, how you doing today? Good. How's
7: it going?
1: Doing well. You're you're back on the uh, you're back on normal time right now. How long did it take your body to readjust?
9: <laughs> I don't even think I'm still used to the time difference yet. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, it's a lot different, obviously, being west
1: coast and east coast. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely different. What what was your biggest thing that you took away from being off on the west coast? I know you got to be around Mike Hopkins and Washington. And I know that you got to obviously spend a lot of time with Brianna Stewart, which uh, she's got, she's got a pretty good t-shirt game. I'll say that much with some of the stuff she put up, but what can you say about uh, your experience over there and what you took away from it?
9: Yeah, I think um, it was cool. I really enjoyed being able to, you know, spend some time with Bri over the 11 days because she's like one of the best players in the whole country, you know, for women's basketball. and. You just seeing how she approaches the game every day, and I got to go to a couple of her games and practice, and, you know, she's just, like, on a different level with her mindset and how she approaches everything, so it was kind of cool to see how she kind of operates on a day-to-day, um,
1: you know, I thought that was, like, what I could take away from that. All right, we can, we can hear you, but it's kind of low, so we're going to try and pull you in a little bit better here so we can hear you but um, just what you can say about you know this now that we know I know you and I spoke about it a little bit yesterday but you know the kind of sit and wait thing and like you said you respect the guys and you know you give them you give them their time and you know, you don't bother them and whatnot in the case of, like, Tyus Battle or anybody who's made a decision. I know you've obviously been there when Deion Waiters and Tyler Ennis and, and Tyler Lydon, Malachi Richardson and whatnot, a lot of these guys deciding to you know, leave early. Tyus decided to come back. What did you think about that?
9: I was actually surprised. I was not expecting that. <laughs> you know, I thought the whole time that he was going to stay in, and just, you know, just since he went through the whole process and he took so long to let everyone know. Um, I was definitely surprised, but I'm actually really happy for him because I think the year back with you know Syracuse will be great for him, and you know they should have a top ten team next year, and you know it'll be a lot of exposure for you know a lot of guys, and um, you know I think they'll be able to make a far tourney run next year, so he'll get even more exposure, you know. So I think it's it's exciting, you know. I think it's finally you know a lot of Syracuse fans all off season have been upset or sad or here we go again or you know. You know how it goes, so I feel like it's a lot of excitement now. You know, back like how it used to be. You know, it'll probably be the best team we've had in a couple, maybe three years or so. So I think it's really exciting.
1: And and you said you know you were surprised because he he took so long to let everybody know. So that surprised you. What do you think about what he can be? Kind of his best attributes. You know, for for the NBA as as he moves forward. We know he's coming back for his junior season, but. To kind of look a little bit to the future here, what is the NBA getting with a player like Tyus?
9: I think Tyus will end up being a great player in the NBA. Uh, he can score at all three levels. You know, his jump shot. I think his jump shot will get there too. You know, I think he'll be a little bit more consistent next year. You know, he won't have to take as much load on offense as he did this year. So I think his efficiency will definitely go up. And I think he'll end up being a really good defender too. I think he has all the tools to be a really good defender. Um, I think, you know, when it's all said and done, he'll definitely have a good NBA career also. And, you know, hopefully next year he'll be able to work on, you know, being even more efficient shooting. And, you know,
1: once he gets his jump shot down, I think it'll be hard to guard Tyus at the next level. And, you know, to to see this, I mean, like, you were a part of so many teams with so many players who decided at Syracuse to leave early. And like you said, you know, being surprised that, he is coming back. What does it do for this team now that O'Shea is back? Obviously, Frank is back for his senior season. Tyus is back. Everybody's back except for Matthew Moyer, who really didn't play a lot of minutes on the team. So we look at, you know, who's back on this team. We look at the the big three that were playing 40 minutes with O'Shea and Tyus and Frank. We look at the fact that Jalen Carey is is coming onto the team, that Braswell is coming in, that Buddy Boeheim is coming in. And, and you know you see all of this that that is that is entering. Elijah Hughes is going to have an opportunity to play now. Even Brendan uh, Paul, you know, who I got an opportunity to speak with, spoke on the fact that you know as a preferred walk-on, he could have an opportunity coming up in the future potentially. So there's obviously depth on this team, and just what you can say about what the season looks like now, because nobody wanted to give Syracuse any credit last season outside of the show and here they here they are you know at Sweet 16 with everybody coming back I, I would imagine that the the stage is set for something pretty special this year.
9: Yeah I thought even as highest didn't come back I still thought they were a top 15 team but I think with him coming back I think you know they're even better and I think the X-Factor for next season which is a little different from you know this year's I think Elijah Hughes adds that extra dimension that, you know, we might have been lacking this year. You know, he has that I think he could score, you know, 10 points a game or more and he can shoot it and, you know, there was a point in the season where he was actually running offense with our first five and, you know, the ball just moved a lot more. You know, he was just, because he can cut, he can play away from the ball, he can set screens, like he knows how to play, so I think um, adding him to our offense next year will be the, you know, the X factor and then you have someone like Jalen Carey who's a true point guard. Who can score it and he, he's great at passing so I think he'll be able to set our offense up next year and you know you have obviously Buddy who can shoot it and you know Marek's only going to get bigger and stronger and O'Shea's only going to get better and you know I think once O'Shea gets his jump shot to be a little bit more knocked down I think he's going to be great so I think the team is just complete next year you know and you still have Pascal anchor in the zone and Barama's going to be healthy finally and you know I think it's a lot of excitement you know and you know, Frank's a senior so you know it'll be time for him to take that next step, too. So I just think, you know, it's a lot of excitement, and I think Elijah's going to be that X-Factor for sure.
1: And and you speak on Elijah being an X-Factor. Katie Kalinske here coaching with Class. Special segment that you'll hear on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora every Thursday right around 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. What is it about Elijah's game that is so special? Because, you know, you're not the first person on this, uh, on this staff that has spoken so highly of Elijah Hughes about – you know, what his body was when he came in to what he's done with his body to how versatile he could be and play in the backcourt or the frontcourt. I've heard a lot of great things about Elijah. I had the opportunity to speak to him before he came into Syracuse coming from East Carolina. What is it about him that makes him an X factor in your opinion? What are the things about his game that you're most excited about?
9: Yeah, I uh, I think Elijah just one, he loves the game of basketball. He's always watching basketball videos. You know, he's always in the gym at night. He's always doing what he can extra. And, you know, he's such a hard worker. And it's hard to guard him because he's just so strong. You know, he could play the 3, 4, or 2. And, you know, I feel like you can... Um, use him at all those positions and, you know, it'll be hard for some teams to build a match up against him at certain positions because he's just so big and strong and, you know, he can expose a lot of people and, you know, the fact that he can shoot the ball really well. So he can he can score all three levels too. Like he can shoot it, he can take you off the dribble. You know, I think he'll be able to be good in our zone and like I said, I think he can just play away from the ball. Like, he doesn't need the ball in his hands to, you know, be able to make things happen on offense. So, you know, he can cut, he can set screens, you know, he can play away from the ball. And, you know, then when the ball is in his hands, he can make plays. So I think that's why he's such an X factor, because he's going to open up the whole offense. You know, now you add that other dimension where you have, you know, obviously Frank who can score at any time, time O'Shea, but now you add got Elijah, you know, and then you have someone like Mark who's going to be able to, you know, shoot the ball better, and, you know, Barama's offense is only going to get better, too, so I think it's just going to be finally, like, a complete offensive team, you know, like, we used to have a couple, like, maybe three, four years ago, and I think it's just going to be a lot different, you know, and then obviously Jalen, who can do so much, too, I think the team's just going to be really complete next year, and I think they're going to be really exciting to watch, and then obviously everyone already knows the defense, which that's the biggest learning curve is our defense, and the fact that they all played it so well all year, You know, now at the offense dimension, I think it's going to be a completely different
1: team. Yeah, when we look at this roster, we look at the fact that Elijah, even though he didn't play, he practiced with the team all year long, has been with the team for a year. Howard Washington, coming back from injury, he's been with the team for a year. O'Shea, obviously 40 minutes is coming back as a sophomore. Pascal is coming back to this team and after having played a full season with the team. Marek Dolajai got better with time as a true freshman, coming back as a sophomore. Frank's a senior and has seen a lot of great things from Syracuse throughout history. Tyus Battles coming back as a junior, creating a very, very well-seasoned backcourt for Syracuse. Barama played the entire season injured and did some good things. Now he's going to be looking to, you know, be back hopefully on time and be healthy and move forward. So when we when we see this, I mean, we're looking at a team, Katie, that, you know, obviously you spent days with, you know, days upon days with, and we're adding in Jalen Carey and, and adding in the Buddy Bayheims and adding in Braswell and, and, and adding in, uh, obviously, uh, Elijah to the mix of being in the games. But this is a team that knew how to win with five and a half, six guys, that half being Brahma when, you know, if he wasn't really feeling that great that game. So five and a half, six players are making it happen. Now they have a roster where there's depth at every single position. Just what you could say about, you know, what excites you about this year's team and the fact that these guys have had the experience. And like you said, the biggest learning curve is the defense and they've all played in it that are coming back.
9: Yeah, I think, You know, if you look at last season, too, we were in pretty much every game, you know, besides Duke on the road and I think Virginia at home, maybe. But we were pretty much in every single game. And they even, you know, I thought the Duke game, we had a chance to win. So, you know, you're bringing back a team that, you know, possibly could have brought down Duke. You know, it was a two-point game at the end. They ended up making the two free throws and lose by four. But I think it's just the fact that we were already in every game and, you know, they're already going to be able to play defense the way they have been. So, just adding that offensive dimension, which I think is going to be a thousand times better. And, you know, coach is going to be able to, you know, coach his game where he can he can add so many pieces. And he can do so many different things next year on offense and defense. And, you know, he'll be able to switch things up a little bit. And he won't have to use as many guys. So, they're all going to be able to be fresh because you have so many pieces you can put in the game. So, I think just the fact that like Tyus and you know Frank won't have to play 40 minutes and O'Shea won't have to play 40 minutes, it'll just be better in the long run down the road where they could you know hopefully make an even longer on a turning run.
1: And so I think it's fair to say that the team that people didn't want to give credit to last year just got a hell of a lot better.
9: <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be. I think it's really exciting to watch next year. That coming. gonna be good things all year.
1: That coming from Katie Kalinski. Of the Syracuse Orange of the past seven years was able to be on the staff under Jim Beheim and have the opportunity to work with guys like Alan Griffin, Adrian Autry, Kip Wellman, Mike Hopkins, as and, and and you know the entire staff, Jerry McNamara of course, and and everybody on the strength and conditioning staff. Katie, just what you can say finally here to kind of wrap up our segment coaching with class for today. Just what this team has meant to you as far as the personality of this team we talked about the game and the depth and what they can do but the personalities of this squad just what it because this is the thing that people don't talk about enough is the psyche of the team the environment of the team you know when they got into the tournament the celebration of was amazing and the response was was kind of a beautiful thing even before they had won a game in the tournament so just what you could say about the personalities on the squad
9: yeah I think I was sitting last year you know even in the beginning season and halfway through season I was like this might be one of my favorite teams I've ever had here just by you know the guys on the team and how hard they all work and they're just all great people and I think the team was really together all year last year. I think they were close, you know, there was no egos. Everyone just wanted to win. And I think that's what's going to come back next year. I think the team's going to be very close. I think Frank and Titus are going to be great leaders. I think is a good leader, and I think they're just going to have, like, the, the leadership that they need next year. They're going to have, you know, the experience that they need, and, you know, they know now how to, like, handle, you know, the big stage because they've been there. Everyone's been there. You know, the Sweet Sixteen's a big stage. And I think, um... Just knowing how hard that team is going to work next year, and you know now now it's going to be a lot of competition in practice. You know you're going to have Jalen going at Frank, and you're going to have Howie, you know, in there in the mix too. And you know you're going to have Buddy in there competing, and you're going to have Rob competing. It's going to be great. You know you're going to have a lot of competition and a lot of you know practices are going to be fun next year. And you got a lot of guys that are going to want to you know compete for some minutes. And whenever you have that, you're going to have some good things because every day is going to be a battle.
1: And and very very quick because I know that we, you know, obviously Tyce's decision takes up a lot of the time here this morning. So we d- we didn't have a lot of time to talk about the NBA finals. But two quick things from you: Are the finals rigged? And secondly, who do you think is going to win? Oh man, I'm like, I'm tired
9: of I'm tired of Golden State and Cleveland. I was hoping it would be different this year. I'm I'm actually like I don't I'm not even excited about the finals this year. But I think Golden State's going to win. But if LeBron can somehow pull it off and no one can say
1: a word about LeBron ever again. No, I agree. I, I think, you know, but I said it in the show yesterday. I said, you know, all of a sudden, LeBron almost lost to Indiana, so people tuned in. Then LeBron's playing Toronto, who's the number one seed, and he can't possibly sweep them, so people tuned in. And then there's a game 7 with with Cleveland and Boston and Boston had won every game at home so people tuned in. And Golden State was on the ropes and weren't the number 1 team in the West anymore and they were playing Houston and Houston stole one and Golden State stole one so people tuned in. And ultimately it was the same thing. So I was like, "You know what? I know and I don't want to I don't want to say, you know, I know there's some crazy conspiracy theorists out there, but I can't help but think that people that are like, "Hey, they just made it look a little bit tougher but we got the same product it, it just it, it's it's just eerie it kind of stinks a little bit and and now you know we're back to the same finals that we've seen the last couple years and you know i'm back to saying that i i think golden state's going to kind of dictate the pace here lebron might get one or two but i i think that golden state's going to obviously close the door on this and and now people are back to feeling like nothing changes <laughs>
9: yeah i don't think The finals are rigged because it's hard to rig players, you know, who train all year and work for this, you know, lose games and stuff. But
7: it is kind of crazy how everything worked out. So we'll see. But I think I'm going to say it's definitely going to
1: win. That coming from Katie Kalinske. Katie, as always, I appreciate the time and happy to have you back on, on this side of the country. And we look forward to talking with you again soon. All right. I appreciate it. All right. Take care. Coming from Katie Kalinske, coaching with class, signature segment. You'll only find here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora featuring Katie Kalinske who spent seven years with the Syracuse Orange men's basketball team on their staff working with players like Malachi Richardson, Tyler Ennis, Tyler Lydon, Tyler Roberson, Daywan Coleman, Baimu Cicada, Tyus Battle, Frank Howard, O'Shea Brissett, Dion Waiters, and the list goes on and on and on and on and on. We always want to thank Katie for her time. She was very surprised that Tyus Battle came back. But whether you were surprised or whatever it may be, or yesterday when everybody was losing their brain because it was announced that Tyus is coming back at 5 o'clock and then there was no definitive information. And I stuck out and said, listen, until it's definitive and I trust my sources and what the hell is going on, I'm not saying a word. So I pulled everything and said, until I feel good about this, because from the people that I trust, it was not 100% done at the time that it was reported that it was 100% done. So I don't do clickbait. I don't put things on my website or say things on my show or shoot video just so that you'll watch me and listen to me. And then I hope that I'm right, but I just try to get as many people as I possibly can. You know, that whole be first, no matter whether you're logical or illogical, right or wrong, ruin somebody's life or don't, tell the truth or tell a lie, that whole be first and just be first, why do you think I own my own company and don't work in some of the places that I worked? Because the mentality of just be first, irregardless of whether it's right or wrong, I live a moral life. I don't live that life. And that's why we're different here. So I held out and I waited until I felt good about putting it out there. And when I did, I got to share with Syracuse fans some of the greatest news that I've been able to tell in my 15-year career. Because most of the time, the guys end up going, right? This time I got to tell you somebody was coming home. We'll take a fast break and when we come back, CNS Athletics will be on here. We did a special from Chick-fil-A Cicero and I'm happy to be sharing that with you coming up here in just a few moments. You will hear from Imani Free of Girls Basketball at CNS, Lucas Merlu- Merluzzi of Boys Basketball and Football, Eric Pride of Football, Jess Manelli of Girls Across as well as Tim Bednarski the Athletics Director of CNS, and a special message from Chick-fil-A Cicero owner-operator Jimmer Sikowski, who you know we know know and love here on the show. That's all coming up in just a moment after this Fast Break.
0: This is a wake-up call Fast Break. For all of us that have always
1: wanted our favorite restaurant to come to us, it's now a reality in central New York with It's It's a a Utica Utica thing, Thing, with Utica Pizza Company bringing
4: where you could choose your style, get fitted, and
8: tailored, all at Giovanni's Formal Wear.
1: Unica Pizza Company spells family, your family, my family Call them and place your order at 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. Families break bread at Utica Pizza Company. Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, live on location. We are here with the CNS North Stars. This is a remarkable athlete segment, the senior spotlight. So for everybody in here, can you please give a round of applause for these student-athletes that are here for you today? Show them some love. We want to thank Jim Sikowski, the owner and operator of Chick-fil-A, and we're very happy to be here with Tim Bednarski, the athletics director of CNS, as well as Jess Manili, who will be heading off. Hopefully some more games to play here and something else here with CNS girls across as we move forward and we'll be heading to LeMoyne after this to my right Amani Free. And I think the first time I met Amani she was maybe like 3 foot 5 and you're a little bit taller than that right now Amani. So Amani moving on to Quinnipiac for girls basketball. Eric Pride who played on the football team here will be moving forward as well to Alfred at running back and Lucas Merluzzi will be heading on to Stony Brook at the wide receiver position, and we are happy to be here with you today. This is how it's going to run. We're going to talk about each of the sports respectively and have Tim speak on being the athletics director over at CNS right around the corner. Then in the second part of the show, I put you all in the hot seat with a thing called rapid fire, where I'll ask you a bunch of questions that have nothing to do with the world of sports. And then in all fairness to you, I put myself on the hot seat in round three, and you guys can ask me anything you want, and I have to answer it. So with that being said, Tim, I'm going to start with you. What it means to you to have these remarkable athletes, and I know that there's so many remarkable athletes at CNS, but for the ones that we have here today for this senior spotlight, just what you could say, what it means to be the athletics director over at CNS. Uh,
10: well, I guess it's a it's a dream job. Um, you know these four are sitting here for a reason um you know not only athletically but um the way they carry themselves uh in the school and the community first class um and, and obviously on, on the field and on the court uh you know speaks volume of them as well so uh for me you know it, it, it's awesome every day i get to watch these guys play and, and compete and um and you know the other thing bottom line is they're good kids and they're, they're fun to be around um, so they make, you know, they make you laugh and yeah. have, have a good time at, at work.
1: So I'm going to stay on this side, Jess. Your team uh, got, got that W yesterday to continue to move on. Just what you could say about continuing this season with girls Across at CNS?
2: In the beginning, it was kind of rough. Like We weren't clicking like we did last year, but we're finally getting together. Like We're finally playing as a team. So as long as we keep doing that, I think we'll be good.
1: And we had, just a couple months ago, girls Across here at Chick-fil-A Cicero and we got to speak with some of your teammates. What can you say you've learned, like you said, it took a little bit of time to get going this year. What was it that maybe made things a little bit rocky in the beginning, but ultimately got you to where you are today?
2: It's like a team sport, so if there's one player that's like not in it, it kind of affects everyone. So it just, like the positivity, it just has to be there all the time.
1: Thanks right, coming from Jess Manili. Lucas, I'm going to go to you for this one. To speak on this Football season and the basketball season, you had the opportunity to be a part of both. Let's start with football and just what you could say you took away from this last run with TNS. Uh,
11: you know, it was a remarkable season coming off of our, uh, our season before that, our junior year, where we, we came out short in a sectional final to uh, Christian Brothers Academy. And then we eventually, you know, we worked hard in the offseason. Everybody came together as a team. And then we struggled a little bit with camaraderie right at the beginning. And then we brought it all together in the end. That's how we got our run.
1: What brought it all together in the end for you? What can you say brought the team closer when you needed it? I mean, we had
11: friendship, everybody knew each other, everybody talked, everybody was like that. The coaches were together, we had a great bond with everyone.
1: And Eric, I want to go to you, speak on the same thing. When you when you look at the football side of things, just what you took away from this last run?
12: Um, that took a lot away. Um, not only did it um, return me in the classroom, but it returned me as a man, because the coaches and the uh, staff of the athletic directors helped me through everything since my injury through sophomore year, when I broke my femur and then until now, like how far we went and I forgot got our first sexual title. So it was a lot and
1: we had a great chemistry. When you look at having that injury, to your femur just what i mean that adversity that you have to take personally just what that did for you as an individual and how that helped you to appreciate the time on the field even more
12: yeah it definitely did and um it taught me ambition you know to never give up and you know football is a team sport so like i couldn't give up on my team after sophomore year and not finish my two years off
1: and to imani, imani i want to say it's been it's been years i want to say what five years ago maybe we met Ten would now, maybe five, six, something like that. And, yeah, and you're being trained by Juanita Ward. To go back to those moments, what can you say you'll remember and appreciate from Juanita?
13: Um, There's a lot of things that she taught me back then. Um, She taught me how to be a person, like you can't just be rude to everyone, you have to treat everyone equally. Um, You also have to have a mentality on the court that not everyone's gonna be your friend, not everyone's gonna be nice to you, that you have to actually play the game with everything you have.
1: And when you go through that, like you said, uh, not everybody's going to be your friend. You have to play the sport that you love. But in anything that we do that we love, I experience this all the time, is that there's always adversity. There's somebody that doesn't want to see you do well. How do you handle that, and how did that help you grow?
13: You have to focus on yourself, What your main goal is where you want to be.
1: And back to Tim here. I want to kind of do a, a round robin and start with Jess and so just what you could say about these student athletes, just what you think about them and what they've meant to the programs. Okay,
10: Jess, uh, well, knowing her uncle, um, I see her competitiveness, and actually this is a good time to tell a story I heard last night. Um, oh <laughs> Jess uh, played Papa Warner Flag football, and uh, and uh, Coach Rover was saying that uh, she was all upset she came home from practice because... Uh, One of the boys beat her in a race, and uh, ironically, it turns out it was Eric (laughs) 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 in flag football. But no, Jess has been a true leader. Um, You know, she's she's done a lot of scoring for us. Um, this season, and um, you know, carries the team, and I, I look forward to watching her a couple more weeks. And then, uh,
1: as far as Imani, what you can say about what Imani's been to CNS?
10: Imani was yeah. with us since I think eighth grade, yes. so uh, you know, she she has done it all, uh, from singing the national anthem to uh, you know, dominating on the court, um, and, and does it with uh, with class, and and uh, she's very humble and uh, and shy and. and is that okay. Yeah, you're good. Okay, um, and uh, she she's just been a true leader, especially this year. You've seen her grow from that eighth grade year. She went away to a, um, a school um, in Long Island and then came back,
7: and uh,
1: she carried our team this year. And then as far as Eric on the other side of the battle between himself and Jess. I'm sure you could say about eric and what he's meant to cns
10: well we're gonna have a race in the parking lot after this to see uh now 10 years later for um, chick-fil-a
1: is it for chick-fil-a yeah it absolutely. has to be for chick-fil-a okay
10: um i remember eric as a sophomore uh, i remember visiting him in the hospital after he uh he uh, broke his leg and uh, when he came back as junior I, I could see there was a little tendency but uh he from there Uh, Grew tremendously, Um, you know, not even on the field, but off the field. Um, He he matured and became a true leader. Uh, One thing about Eric, you know, and this speaks volumes, uh, I remember uh, it was our second game versus, who we played this second game, um, Whitesboro? Horseheads. And my son was ball boy. And he was telling him eric was pulled after the first quarter because we were beating him pretty good and uh he said uh he had a pop warner game the next day well sure enough eric showed up for him and uh, so that 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 meant a lot to me and of course my son but uh it uh goes to show what kind of kid eric is and finally with lucas on the basketball and football side of things uh, one lucas is. Uh, I'm sure they all are but I, I know from because he won our scholar athlete football but he um, he does it in the classroom um, again another true leader competitor um, really uh, he, he's part of our captain's club at, at the high school um, always got a smile on his face as, as well as Eric um, so it's been a pleasure being around all, all four of these uh, athletes for the last couple of years and uh, you know this group funny. There's special groups um, of seniors, and, and this is one that I'll truly miss um, because they—they they are not only you know the good athletes, we've won some championships, but they're fun to be around and they're
1: good kids. And just Tim brought this up, so bring me to your flag football days and why Eric was such a bother to you on the field.
2: <laughs> I mean, I. Like my uncle liked to be like the best, like that was my goal. And Eric was just out there beating me, so I wasn't, I I wasn't a fan of that in the beginning.
1: (laughs) What what did he beat you with? What was going on on the field? I
2: think it was like a race, and we were, everyone was racing, and then he pulled out and beat me. All
1: right, Eric. I'm going to let you speak on your side of things. What happened out there in
12: flag football back in the day? Um, she was our quarterback, so she was very aggressive. And the sad part about the end of the season was how she couldn't play next because I was like, sad because she couldn't play because she was like a good a good quarterback. But with the race, everybody was racing because we were kids and we have energy. So we all just raced. And, of course, I came out the top. So I <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was just competitive all the time. Who would win the
1: race today in the parking lot? Just might beat me by a point second. <laughs> okay, that's fair enough. That's honest. I appreciate that, Lucas. To, to look at playing both sports, basketball and football, just what your takeaways have been and how one kind of helped the other out? Uh, I think that at
11: the end of the football season, we carried the success over to the basketball season. Right at the beginning, we started 8-0. and then we, uh, we suffered a loss to Liverpool, it was a big one, and we didn't know how we would bounce back from that. We got two more wins after that, it was 10-1, and 1. and then from there it, it, it didn't really go well. We, we went in a little bit of a slump. I think that right at the beginning we carried over the friendship that we had,
1: because there was a few basketball players who were also football players, and it helped us right at the beginning. And Monty, that season that you spent away from CNS, just what you took away from that, and what it meant to you to come back?
13: Uh, the competition is different from here and where I was last year. It's a little bit more competitive, but that doesn't mean that you just slack off now that you came back here. So you have to take that competitive mentality that you had there back here.
1: Your dad's in the audience, and when I met you, I met your dad, Daryl, as well. What has he meant to you, training and... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Do you have holidays in the house? you have Christmas and Thanksgiving? Because I know Dad's always, he's always doing something. So what's life been like with your dad and your training?
13: Um, it's been interesting. We have like our ups and downs like any other family, but it's, It's an interesting relationship, because we both have that passion for basketball, so it just kind of, like, it has us, mm, I have to say, closer, because we have something in common more than usual, but we just share a passion for something.
1: Did you have that love for basketball growing up? Has it always been the same, or has it intensified at this point?
13: A little bit of both, I have to say.
1: So when did it start for you?
13: It started when I was watching Maya Moore play on Yucca.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so all the way back to then, That's what did it for you? Why Maya Moore?
13: I don't know. It was just something about the way she played. and I was like, I have to play basketball now. And then I just happened to get a flyer for basketball in elementary school. And I was like, Dad, I want to play basketball.
1: And then we went from there. Lucas, I want to go back to you for this. Stony Brook, you have an opportunity to play wide receiver out in Stony Brook. I have some friends that have played out there as well. Just what that opportunity means to you? Uh, it's a dream come true. Um, when I was younger, I focused a lot more on
11: basketball, and I trained more that in the off season. I would do basketball, basketball, basketball. And then, you know, 10th grade year, I played on varsity football. And uh, from right there, I just I really started to fall in love with the game over basketball, and I started working at it more and more. And uh, each off season, each, each day, I was like, I got to work for this, I got to work for this. Cause my dream has always been to play Division One football. And I had to do a lot of work. Um, I would have to say broadcasting myself. My coach also helped me out. And when I finally got the chance to visit Stony Brook, I went down there with my dad and... Um, early February so I was a little late to the process and uh, I
1: decided it was the place for me. And like you said, you had to broadcast yourself a little bit. So just what that was like for you to put yourself out there and do that legwork to get the opportunity.
11: Yeah, so my junior year um, I had a, it was like a self season, you know, it was alright. And then uh, my senior year I really took off uh, I, I, the whole team, not just myself, we broke all these records. We had a lot of, um, We had a lot of media, everything like that. So, right as soon as the season ended, actually during the season as well, I was sending out film to coaches, and before the season I was sending out film to coaches, I was calling them, I was emailing them, following them on Twitter, uh, you know, if they didn't follow me back, I would unfollow them and follow, me, follow them again, waiting for them to follow me back so I could message them, and uh, it was a long process, it was, it was uh, upsetting at times, knowing when things weren't going your way and it was getting late, but when it finally came out, I, I was very excited because I know that you know, God has a plan for all of us, and I, I think that uh, he led me to
1: the right place. Hey, Eric, I want to go to you on this. You have an opportunity to play at Alfred. And uh, I can sense the personality coming from... Or what, what, is it fair to say that you... Have a big personality on the team? Yes.
12: Um, everybody knows who I am, not in a bragging way, but like, just because of uh, the con- uh, comedian I am. Okay. They say, like, I'm a little Kevin
1: Hart. A little bit of Kevin Hart? Yeah. Wait, they said you're a little Kevin Hart? Yeah. No, Kevin Hart's like 5'2. I think you're a bigger Kevin Hart. <laughs>
12: I appreciate <laughs> not as funny it. <laughs>
1: Are you the funniest person on the team?
12: Um, no, we have one really funny, funny, cat, funny cat. He's uh, Tyler Days. Okay. One of our teammates, he's, you gotta meet him. So
1: he's the funniest guy? Yes. Alright, fair enough. Lucas, is that fair to say? Is it Tyler?
12: I think it's me, but you
11: know. Okay. What do you think about that,
1: Eric? Yeah. Pass. Yes. <laughs> so bring me into Alfred and the opportunity that you have there to play running back. Um, I think it's uh, great to play
12: anywhere, you know, just to keep, you know, my training and, uh, you know, my focus going in the next level. And, you know,
1: the opportunity that Alfred's given me, I can't think of that man gotten enough. And both of you guys had had brought up thanking God, and I want to stick with you, Eric, for this. Faith is important. Obviously, it's it's important to Chick-fil-A. It's been important to me my entire life. It's a foundation and a pillar of my company. So speak a little bit into why God is so important to you.
12: He's so important because, you know, as people say, good things come to people who wait. And when I got injured, you know, I was mad because I didn't get to finish my sophomore year. You know, I had big dreams set. So, you know, I just stayed steady and, you know, trust the process in God and just talk to him and he blessed
1: me. And Lucas, in the same respect, what you could say about God on your path?
11: Uh, the same thing, you know. You always have to put your trust in him, God's plan. Like I just said, you know. Shout out to Drake, and um, <laughs> you know, I, as, I've also used sports as a as a way to fellowship and um, to play for God. Which is, you know, it might sound corny coming out, but you know, if, you, if you're doing everything you can for Him, then you can't go
1: wrong. And uh, Amani, I want to I want to go to you and your future, Quinnipiac. What made this? the right move for you. I know we talked about it a little bit before we started here today, but you stepped on campus and you said that was it. What was it about Quinnipiac?
13: Um, Well, I did go to a camp and stepped on campus and I was like, there's just something about it that says you need to come here. And then I went to the camp and I met the coaches, I met the staff, I met the players. I was like, this is a place I need to be. This is home. This is somewhere where I can actually build my only character for me as a player so this is where I'm excited to spend my next four years.
1: Whether it was a win or even a loss, you getting to 30 points especially this past season wasn't anything crazy or outside of the ordinary. Just what you could say about how much you've worked on your game over the years. Uh, it
13: takes a lot of dedication. You have to practice, practice, practice. It'd be 5 o'clock in the morning or even midnight, you have to work out, you have to train, you have to eat right, you have to focus, you have to make sure your grades are right, because other than that, you're not going to be
1: the person you need to be. When you go to Quinnipiac, I'm going to wake your dad up at 5 o'clock in the morning and make him train. That's what I'm going to do. And make that happen for you. I'll do that for you. And, and Jess, I spoke with this kind of funny, just before doing this today. Spoke with Kathy Taylor, your future coach at Lemoyne, who just won a national championship, twenty-two and one. The only loss was to Alfred, then beat Alfred in the Northeast Ten Championship, and then beat Alfred on the way to the National Championship. What can you say about being a part of a team very, very soon—that is the national champion.
2: I'm so excited going into it. That was their first one, so like seeing the team, I'm hoping there's more to come because they're only losing three players. So the like top like ten scorers are still there, and like being a part, like going to camps and seeing how the team works together. Like they're just so close together, and that's like a big part of it.
1: What was it about going on the campus at Lemoyne that just felt right to you?
2: I knew from the start I wanted to stay home, and LeMoyne, like, just, I knew right away. Like, I didn't look anywhere else. Like, I just knew I wanted to go there. It's just, like, the coaches, the team, like, everything about it. Location was just perfect for me.
1: It's the first national championship, like you mentioned, for LeMoyne. What do you like about Kathy Taylor? She's been there for a few seasons. What makes her special?
2: I love how competitive she is. I've noticed that she's, she's not afraid to tell you what you're doing wrong, and that's what we need.
1: And the history at CNS and girls across also something to respect. Just what you could say about the history and being a part of that history and the continued history as we sit here right now.
2: We get to sectionals every year. We try to pull it off. We haven't been successful yet, but we've been pushing ourselves, so I'm just hoping we can do that this year.
1: I have to give a shout out to two people that are in my family. So, Sammy, and Franny, what can you say? We'll start with Sammy. What, what can you say about Sam?
2: Sam is just crazy. She's so good. I, no one wanted to get in their way. Like, when she got the ball, you were like, all right, Sam, go ahead. It's all you. And then Franny's is like an eighth grader on the team starting, and she's already out there feeding. She's doing so good. There's so much pressure on her, and she's already out there just doing her thing.
1: Yeah, and I've heard when it comes to Sammy, I, I when I go out into the local high school scene and I'm doing different shows with different teams, they always ask if I'm related to the girl that might have elbowed them on the field. And that's that's Sam all the time. So and she's playing in Albany right now, taking care of business. Yes. Absolutely. Now Chuck Wilbur as well. And you know, we talk about you're going to play for a national champion and Chuck Wilbur just won his eleventh championship in seventeen seasons at O C C for men's across. So you're surrounded by winning. Just what, you can, what can you say about your uncle who called me and said, hey, just so you know, Jess is my niece. Be nice to her. What can you say about Jack?
2: I look up to him. He's definitely my role model, like the competitiveness, like how like I really take in what he has to say. Even though we coach his boys across, like I grew up knowing how to play boys across before I got into girls because my whole family's boys. So everything he says, I take to heart. Like I listen to him.
1: And before we wrap up this first part, I'm going to go back to Tim for this. Tim, so what does it mean to be a North Star, in your opinion?
10: Me personally or for, for them? For you. For me? Well, a um, little history. I, I did graduate with Chuck from, uh, from CNS, so... Um, you know when I was in high school I always thought I wanted to be an athletic director ironically I went into education and got there so it it is truly a blessing to be back at my high school that I went to attended um, lived in this community Um, I left for a little bit uh, when I got out of college but then came back so um, to be a North Star uh, is something to be proud of I I think this is a good community to live in raise kids um, and there's a very good competitive athletic program
1: bring me into the moment that you had the opportunity to come back um, had my
10: first child and um, we were kind of uh, eating Thanksgiving at um, uh, some buffet you know and my family was here so we just decided that uh, we wanted to be closer to family came back and uh, just started uh, as a teacher back here in coaching um, and then moved into the administration.
1: Jess, same question what does it mean to be a North Star?
2: We're just there's so much support with it like we really are like one big family just like our school spirit we're always there for each other we're all trying to go to everyone's games like it's just the school spirit's like a big thing for us.
12: Eric, to be a north star for you. Honestly, I didn't think I would say this, but it means everything from the support when I um, had my injury. Not only did the staff, but like teachers and you know the superintendent, you know, careful, wondering how I was doing, and you know, throughout my whole high school career, I thought I was uh, very taken care of.
1: And Lucas, for you, what can you say about being a north star?
11: Uh, Just like he said, it means everything, you know. it's not just the school, the school does support it, we have great fans, but it's the community as well. I remember when we won the sections, we come back and we're escorted, we have a police escort back to the high school. We have uh, we have the firemen blowing their horns, all the fans there cheering for us. And just the community as a whole bringing it all together, it's just it's a great thing.
1: And money for you to be a North Star, twice, technically, <laughs> what it means to you.
13: Uh, to be a North Star, um, it's interesting because... As a student-athlete, you think the school as academically, okay, this is a great place to get your education, to get a diploma, to graduate from. But as an athlete, you think you're not just representing the number on your back and the name on your back, you're representing the whole school.
1: Okay, coming from Amani Free, as well as Eric Pride, Lucas Maluzzi, Tim Bednarski, the athletics director, and Jess Vanilli, myself, Dan Tortora. We're gonna to take a step aside here at Chick-fil-A Cicero when we come back, it's rapid fire. I get to put them all in the hot seat. And the final segment, they get to put me on the hot seat. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Thanks for being here, and thank you for supporting Chick-fil-A, Cicero, and CNS. Give yourselves a round of applause. We appreciate it for you being a part of this community. And we thank Chick-fil-A for finally getting here.
6: We appreciate it.
0: This is a wake-up call, Fast Break.
1: Utica Pizza Company spells family, your family, my family Call them and place your order at 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. Families break bread at Utica Pizza Company. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. You're listening to the live broadcast that we did from Chick-fil-A Cicero in celebration of Cicero, North Syracuse, North Stars Athletics. With the athletics director Tim Bednarski, as well as Jess Maneely, Amani Free, Eric Pride, and Lucas Merluzzi. And we will continue that with the rapid fire portion of the broadcast, where I had the opportunity to put them all on the hot seat. And we will start with my question for Amani Free. All right, Amani. Who is the toughest coach you've ever had? My dad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, how so?
13: He expects a lot from me, so sometimes it's like I don't want to like fail in front of him. So. All
1: right, so dad. All right, Jess. I'll think about this one for a second here. All right, I'm gonna give you a choice. You can sing in public. <laughs> Or you can dance on stage.
2: Oh God. So what
1: would you do? Singing or dancing? You have to pick one.
2: I'd probably have to dance. You'd have to dance? Singing wouldn't be pretty. Singing wouldn't be pretty? Oh.
1: Alright, fair enough. Alright, Tim. Let's see what I got for you here. What do you think these student-athletes would say about you behind closed doors if you weren't here right now?
10: I on the spot. Um, I guess I I would hope that they would know that I um, I'm here uh, for support for them, um, someone they can trust, uh, someone that they can come to if there's an issue. um, uh, That I, it's a good one. You got me. Um, (laughs) That's what I'm here for. Someone that uh, is is helping them along the way um, before they go on to the next step. Which, uh, like I said before, it's sad to see them go, but I'm excited for them and their opportunities. So, and, and then I'm I'm doing things the right way.
1: Okay. And what is the right way, in your opinion? Um,
10: I guess uh, making sure that. Uh, we're following the rules, uh, we're, we're leading by by example, um, and uh, having character and, and believing in each other as an as organization, not just girls basketball, football, you know, we're, we're all one program.
1: I'm going to stick with you for this. What is your favorite thing to eat at Chick-fil-A?
10: Um, am I eating healthy or not, not healthy?
1: Eat whatever you want to eat. Right, I go with number one. Number one? Yeah. Just the original yeah. chicken sandwich? I ate five at once. You ate five at once? Nice. Good for you. Okay, now what sauce? Do you put sauce on it?
10: Um, yeah, I'll do the uh, sriracha. I like that. It's got a little kick. All right, Or I'll take the uh, Texas Pete and ketchup and mix it together
1: and dunk it. Uh, okay, fair enough. Alright, Jess. What's your favorite thing to have at Chick-fil-A?
2: I just love the fries here. Like
1: okay. I just love them. What sauce for you? Honestly,
2: I'm not a big sauce person. Straight up fries. Yep. All
1: right. Fair enough. All right, Eric. What's okay. your favorite? Okay. What's your go-to? Um,
12: honestly, I'm a burrito, so I'll take anything. Okay. <laughs> like anything. And you had to pick a favorite, here. Okay, okay. I'm with Jeff. The fries go crazy. All right. What do you dump them in? Secret sauce. The Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A sauce.
1: Chick-fil-A sauce. <laughs> the Chick-fil-A sauce The Chick-fil-A sauce Yeah We gotta let Jimmer know that apparently you have a recipe yeah, yeah.
11: Alright Lucas What's your favorite here? Uh, I would have to say the milkshake, and um, I was told I had to do this. Uh, you had a few guys on the show the other day, so my favorite thing to eat at Carmelita's Mexican restaurant uh, uh, is uh, the Tinga Nachos. Uh, Sorry to steal the thunder.
1: Oh, uh, that, that that boys lacrosse team, I'm going to have to have him back here and put him back on the hot seat because of that. Yeah. So, the milkshakes, what milkshake here? I just, did, um, just the vanilla. Vanilla milkshake? Yeah. All right, fair enough. All right, Imani, since they know you by first name, and I think that even though you don't work here, they maybe put you on the wall as employee of the month. So, what's your favorite here?
13: Ooh, that's a tough one. Uh, I like the wraps and the fries.
1: The wrap and the fries. Okay, fair enough. What do you dunk it in?
13: The wrap, I use the garlic and herb branch. The okay. fries, I use ketchup, Chick-fil-A sauce, and the Polynesian sauce.
1: All right, fair enough. And going to have a couple more for each of you before I go on the hot seat. I'm going back to Lucas for this. Lucas, what's one thing that you want to change about the current state of the world?
11: Pass for right now. Pass for right
12: now. I'll take the mic. (laughs) All right, Eric, go ahead. What would I like to change (laughs) is... (laughs)
11: Um, you know there's so many things that change there's a lot of things going on you know a lot of bad things but you know
12: i'd like to end world hunger end world hunger okay
7: all right eric
12: um
1: i need more jobs more jobs yeah all right more jobs and world hunger two things that chick-fil-a can help with all right amani what would you change about this world
13: like Lucas said, there's a lot of problems going around, but um, for me personally, a personal one for me is how the WNBA is viewed. Not a lot of people think that WNBA players are like NBA players, so I wish we had a little bit more like publicity.
1: And we actually uh, spoke about this this morning with Coach Q and with Katie Kalinske. What can you say about the WNBA and the fact that Years ago, there was no option for women, there was no WNBA. On top of that, it started small, kind of wanted to see how things went, wasn't given a lot of respect. The teams have branched out, the talent is there. So what can you say about how it's covered and what we can do from here? As a broadcaster, I would appreciate it to know and to talk to my fellow media about what they should do about it as well.
13: Um. I guess it's mainly on, like, the fans. They don't appreciate that women play the same sport as men do. Uh, I'm not sure if it's, like, because we're females or it's because the men do, like, flashier moves, like with the dunking and the in-and-outs and crossing people over. But women can do the same thing. You just have to pay attention and love the game, not just view it as, oh, it's females. It's not really important.
1: I agree with that. WNBA definitely... Needs to get more respect out there. All right, Jess. something can right. you change?
2: I'd probably do like with all the natural disasters like around the world, like everybody like reaching out and helping out, you know, like coming all together.
1: So doing more for the people out there that need it. Yeah. All right, Tim. What are you changing about this world? Well, I think
10: you know, working in education, um, I would probably focus on the. Uh, the violence especially in the school system that seems like it's on the news every day um, so
1: i would look to uh, changing that and my final question to get you all off the hot seat and i'm going to stick with you tim for this one if you had a neon sign that hung above your head everywhere you went to describe who you are what you stand for something about you what would the sign say fun fun all right. with an exclamation point or a period all right
10: always looking at fun all
1: right all right all right jess what would your neon sign say all right i'm just
2: gonna go with like outgoing
1: outgoing yeah all right all right amati what would it say
13: Can you come back to me. I've got to think for
12: a minute. I will right, we'll come back to you. Sorry. All right, Eric. What did it say about me? Yeah. Uh,
1: ambitious. Ambitious. Yeah. Okay. All right, Lucas.
12: It's
11: got to be. It's got to be one word. Not could be
1: anything. It could be a paragraph. Uh,
11: a little, a little thing I coined and, and kind of stole, but it's also out there. Is in Jesus' name I play.
1: In Jesus' name I play. Yes, sir. All right. I like that. All right, right, and back to you. It makes me feel good that you guys have to think a little bit because I'm about to go on the hot seat, so i got to milk this for what it's worth.
13: I would have to say, I would say, Psalms 46.5.
1: Psalms 46.5? Mm-hmm. Can you let everybody know that doesn't know what that is?
13: It says, God's within her, she will not fall.
1: Appreciate that. I think that's a fair way to end this segment. Wake of call with Dan Tortora with Lucas Merluzzi, as well as Eric Pryde, Amani Free, Tim Bednarski, and Jess Manili. we will take a couple minutes aside. I will give you a chance to write down your questions, look them up, do whatever you have to do. And then I'm on the hot seat, so make it interesting. We'll be
0: back in a minute. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break.
5: 315- 702 4653. That's 315 702 4653. Or contact us through our website, lgweddingsandevents.com. Looking Glass Events, giving you a reason to celebrate.
1: The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family friendly. Some family friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base. 315- 487 2222 for the Wildcat family friendly sports pub and restaurant. Back here, at wake of call with Dan Tortora, live on location at one of my favorite places in the world, Chick fil A. Cicero, Jimmer knows I waited over a decade for Chick-fil-A to come here So, because I, I used to live in the south. I was born and raised in Syracuse, but I was around Chick-fil-A down in Orlando and whatnot, so we're happy that Jimmer brought it home. We appreciate that very much. CNS North Stars, we're here with Jess Manelli of Girls Across, who is heading off to Lemoyne to play for the national championship team, and Kathy Taylor. We have Amani Free, who is heading off to Quinnipiac. We also have Eric Pride who will be playing running back for Alfred, and we have Lucas Merluzzi who will be a wide receiver for Stony Brook. Tim Bednarski decided to leave for this segment because he didn't want to ask me any questions. No, he had to go back and do sectionals. It's all good. So Tim, I don't have to be on his hot seat, but I'm on your hot seat. So Jess, because I know that going into this you had never really done anything like this, right? Nope. Okay, so I think it's only fair to let you ask me the first question. I'm
7: going to
2: start with a hard one.
1: All right, Who she's got win written like on the phone. What do you got?
2: Who do you like more, Sam or Fran?
1: Oh, God.
7: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, man. You know, they go back and forth with each other so much. And should I shut the recording off right now? And now they, uh, you know, it's really funny because I've been in the car when when their their father, my cousin Derek, when he's talking to them and like, oh, Sam did this, and then Franny's like, well, I did this. And and one thing I, I love about Franny is every time she does something good, she'll always say, you know, for an eighth grader. <laughs> and so I appreciate that. And then Sam is, you know, she's a true competitor. I, I can't choose one over the other because I, I love them both. But I will say that Franny all of a sudden looks exactly like Sam. Oh, yeah. And it's crazy to me that there's they're like duplicates. And the way that they play and everything that they do. So I love them both. I know if they were here, they'd want me to choose, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> so, all right, Amani. What question do you have for me?
13: If you had to pick one sport to broadcast for the rest of your life, what sport would it be?
1: Oh, God. I had to pick one sport to broadcast for the rest of my life. It would be between football and basketball because I grew up with that more than anything. But I broadcasted basketball. It was my first job for Marywood University, my school. So, and I love basketball. And I always said if I close my eyes and I hear the sneakers and the basketball bounce, I can tell you what zone they're in. So I'd have to say basketball. All right, Lucas, what you got for me? You guys are going to get a bunch, so... A bunch? Yeah. i right. get like five apiece. Alright, alright, alright. So, this one. So, picture
11: it. A penguin walks through that door right now. Oh and he's wearing a sombrero.
1: Uh, what does he say and why is he here?
7: <laughs>
1: You're doing what the boys across team did. Just ask me these insane questions. So... A penguin walks in with a sombrero, what does he say? What does he do? What does he do? And what does he say? Uh, Well, he eats some Chick-fil-A, which makes a lot of his relatives question him. (laughs) And then maybe he goes to Carmelita since he's wearing a sombrero. That's true. There you go. That's a good one. All right, Eric, what do you got for me? Please make it somewhat normal. Uh, I'm sorry,
12: but... (laughs) Can you just... Describe the the color yellow to someone who is blind
1: I got asked to do this already So describe the color yellow to someone who is blind I would say That when you feel the sun on your face That is what yellow feels like Or when you're extremely calm I would say that too Because it's kind of like that yielding, calming color I would say that Yes. Alright, fair enough. Alright, Amani, what's your second one for me? Yeah.
13: If you're stuck to eat one food for the rest of your life, what food would it
1: be? Uh, I'm going to eat one food for the rest of my life. Well, I'm Italian and Hispanic, (laughs) so I have a wide array of amazing choices. And I could eat either one for the rest of my life. But I would probably say pizza. I'd go with pizza. Alright Jess, what do you got?
2: If you were to switch places with anyone,
1: who would it be? Ooh. Man. I think it would be really cool to switch places with God to know what he thinks of what's going on. I think it would be interesting to be in that position. I feel like five minutes in, I'd be like, do you want it back? But I uh, I would say I'd also want to switch places with my mom because she is one of the greatest people that I know. I would switch places with her in a heartbeat because I appreciate our relationship through my eyes. I would love to see it through her eyes. And in the same respect, we got to take care of mom, so... You know, I I just, my mom and my grandmother, who is my mom's mom, I I would, in a heartbeat, switch places with either one of them because I love them dearly, so I would do that. All right, Eric, number two, what do you got? Teach me something I don't know in the next five minutes. (laughs) Teach you something you don't know in the next five minutes. When you're talking on a microphone, hold it up to your face. Hey, hey, hey. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Lucas.
11: All right, so, rainy night, dark out, about 10 p.m., all right, you're alone in your car. What are you thinking about? <laughs> Rainy
1: night, 10 p.m. You know, maybe you got some, some smooth jazz playing. <laughs> I would be thinking, how did I get to Chick-fil-A after it closed? <laughs> Why did I do this to myself? All right, Imani, what's your third one for me? Put me
13: on the spot. Anything. anything anything at all if you have to stay a certain age for the rest of your life what age would you want that to be
1: oh man I would be six years old because my grand both of my grandfathers passed away in 1992 when I was six so I would say stay, I would stay six for the rest of my life so I never had to say goodbye to them that's what I'd do all right Jess we got it all
2: right who's your favorite
13: athlete?
1: Oh man! Currently, this is not easy. I like this. I'm gonna go by sport. I love Jeremy Grant, and I'm gonna say that because I mean Jeremy has played for the Oklahoma City Thunder, you know, up to this point, but. I've covered him. I've covered his brother, Jaron, who played for Notre Dame. Uh, His father, Harvey, I had the great opportunity of meeting him and and speaking with him. So I love the Grant family, and Jeremy has always treated me with respect, and he's never had, like, a big head. It's never gotten to him, so I would say him for basketball. He's a good kid. I would say for football, mm, I would say Blake Bortles because he takes more – trash-talking than most. And he played with a tear in his right wrist in his throwing hand for from December 2016 all throughout this past season. And we heard that Tom Brady had a little boo-boo on his thumb and everybody was crying about it. This guy had to play with a tear in his wrist and had to take injections before every game. So I would say him for that. For baseball, I would say Aaron Judge because he's making people... Like the Yankees again after Steroid Rodriguez, and let's think I got to think of some other stuff here. For hockey, I, th- I think it's anybody on the Ducks, because I just love my Mighty Ducks. So I would say that, and obviously, you know, Syracuse, Le Moyne, OCC, Oswego, all these, all the student athletes here. I have a lot of love for them, and and I have a lot of care and concern for CNS. So, you know, you guys are fun to be around, and. Not to put her on the spot, but because I've known Imani for a long time, I would say that Imani is one of my favorites. And I know that you have a tough coach and pops right there, and you've responded very well. So I would say that I would say Imani's, Imani's done a lot that, that I can appreciate over the years. And even though she's younger than me, you taught me to never give up. And that when it is 5 a.m. and it's snowing outside and you're playing basketball, I mean, that's, that's true grit, so I appreciate that. All right, Lucas, what do you got? All right, so are you uh, a Team Yanni or a Team Laurel? Right. I'm convinced that this is a government conspiracy. And, and I think that when we're listening to this file that's Yanni or Laurel, there's subliminal messaging and they're telling us to do something. I think the government's involved in all this. Well, what, what like part? his address grey or blue or whatever the heck that one was. You hear so, the brainstorm and green needle one? The what? Brainstorm
11: and green needle? No. You have to check. No, it. No, but Yanni
1: or Laurel, I'm I'm gonna say Yanni. I I don't hear Laurel at I'll all. Hear both. But I think I think it's a government conspiracy. Alright, nice. Eric, what do you got for me? What were you like in high school? Same as I am now. God fearing man, humble Hungry, wanted to do things the right way. I sat in the front of my class, I raised my hand, I sit in the front of press conferences and I raise my hand. So it's not sometimes it feels like a thankless job, but if you don't put yourself out there, you're never gonna achieve your dreams. So I'm very much who I am today is who I was. All right, Jess, what do you got?
2: What's one word to describe you?
1: Determined And I would also say comedic. And I would say faithful. And I have to pick three. All right, Imani, what do you got?
13: You're stranded on an island. All right. You get to pick three people and one way to escape the island. Oh, gosh. What would it be? Three people
1: and one way to escape the island.
13: Oh, and you can only take one person to go with you.
1: Oh. So I'm leaving two people on the island. Yes. So it's got to be two people I don't like. Here. No, you
13: have to link all of them.
1: I gotta link all of them?
7: Man. Mm. (laughs) Hmm. This is tough.
1: It's funny, but it's tough. Alright, just roll with me on this. I love my mommy and my dad. But I'm gonna bring my. Oh gosh. I'm gonna bring my mom. I'm gonna bring my dad. And I'm gonna bring. I'm going to bring LeBron James because I'm leaving LeBron on that island. No, he
13: asked someone
1: you like. Oh, I kind of like him. He's, I respect him, but I'm going to leave him on the island because somebody else needs to win a championship. But I'm going to take my mom because my dad has always claimed to be the smartest person in the room. So if he can figure a way off the island... I'm going to have him save Lebron, and I'm going to save my mom. That's what we're going to do. All right, Eric, what do you got for me? What can you take away from me at this interview? What can I take away from you? Yes. Honestly, I would like to do a couple shows with you. And see how our chemistry is because I like your I like your comedic timing. Yeah. So I think I'd do a couple shows with you, Eric. I'd love that. All right, I'm gonna have to stick. You're gonna have to stick around
12: with
1: me. Yes. I know you haven't. Okay. All right, Lucas. Second to last question to last. for you. I'll what
12: you, do you get? I'll
11: get another. Yeah, you'll get another. All right, I'm not really sure right here, so I'll pull this one up. You are a new addition to the crayon box. What color would you be and why? I feel like you're texting the the boys' lacrosse team.
12: Yes, I
1: want to. Yes. It's just yeah, it's the page I'm on. You know, what, let me get another one.
11: Let me get another. Yeah, get another one.
1: You know. All right. Well, well, he's looking, Jess. What do you got for me? All
2: right. What would you be doing if you weren't doing
1: this? What would I be doing if I wasn't doing this? If I wasn't broadcasting, I would be acting more, or I'd be singing. So I plan on doing both. I have gotten to act a little bit, so that was fun. All right. All right, Lucas. Everybody else got one more, you got two more since we skipped you on that one, so what do you got? Anything in the world? I got... (laughs) The internet. (laughs) What? Can you ask me a question about what I did before the internet? What did you do before the internet? Well, I don't like libraries, so I tried to stay out of them. But what did I do before the internet? I had to look stuff up. I had to research, and it wasn't on Google and it was difficult and i feel like i was born in 1890 when i'm describing that but yeah, when i was a kid there were no cell phones but i'm only 32 when i was a kid there was no cell phones no computers in the house no internet then we had aol so yeah life was life was tragic according to younger people now but i liked it i liked i liked that you had to leave a message Well, most people didn't have answering machines, so you didn't even know where they were. But you had to leave a message, and then they had to call you back if they felt like it. I thought that was cool. I miss that. Cool stuff. All right, Eric, this is your final question. Would you rather get eaten by a lion or an alligator? Well, I'm going to pick a lion because St. Daniel was thrown into a lion's den and he prayed to God and God tamed all the lions. So I'm going to take my chance with the lions. Okay. All
12: right, Jess. All right,
2: who's your favorite
12: actor? Ooh,
1: my favorite actor. Robert De Niro. Bobby De Niro. All right, Imani. Final one. I have two. You have two? All right, ask me two. Okay.
13: You can ask them both. Okay, if you had to go on a date with one famous person, who would it be?
1: I love my wife. <laughs> I know who she would pick, though. I know, I know who she would pick, though. She would pick Jennifer Aniston or Tyra Banks, because she knows. So, that's, I'd pick one of those two. Okay. And, and I love that when when Janet Jackson was at the Billboard Music Awards, that Tyra was still getting down to that music. I appreciated that a lot. So that was nice. So I, guys, Tyra Banks is still good in my book. You got another one, though, so what is it?
13: If you needed someone to broadcast with you, who would you pick at this table? Ooh.
1: Besides Eric.
7: Besides
1: Eric. <laughs> <laughs> well, Imani, I, I, I would do a show with you, and I would call it The Many... The many faces of Daryl Free. Is that how I would call it? How did I call it? I got a roast of a little bit here today. All right, Lucas, your final question. What do you got for me?
11: All right. So you remember my bucket list, right? Yeah. Final question is, uh, would you like my autograph? <laughs> <laughs> I'll take I'll
1: take your autograph only if you'll take mine. All right. Deal. Fair enough. Sounds All right. Good. With that being said, for Lucas Merluzzi of football and basketball at cns you can see him at stony brook coming up very soon as a wide receiver for eric pride of cns football who you can see as a running back at alfred hermani free of cns girls basketball who you will see at quinnipiac and for jess manili who you will see with lemoyne coming up and you'll continue to see for cns girls across. i'm dan zatora this is wake-up call Thank you to each of these student-athletes, and thank you to Tim Bednarski, who did not put me on the hot seat. We appreciate it. And if we could steal Jimmer for a moment, if he can come over here, because I know he had some words to say to CNS. So we'll await that, and we'll be back here in just a second.
0: This is a wake-up call, Fast Break.
4: This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. Call our home office at 315-752-9513. Or better yet, call or text me directly at 315-748-2524.
5: Let me ask you a question, Lawrence. If I needed you to help me buy a house, find the right place, could you help me do that?
4: Joe, I'll help you find your dream home.
5: You don't ever say my name on the radio, never. If I needed to sell a house, could you help me go about that the right way? Yes, yes I can. How do they get a hold of you?
4: Call me directly
5: at 305-748-2524. But you also do the commercial property. So if I got a business, couple businesses, got to take one here, move it over there, do this, do that, are you going to help me buy and sell my commercial property also? Yes, sir. I like that. I like that. What's my name again? I have no idea. Absolutely, but they need to know your name, so give it one more time.
4: This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. My phone number is 305 748 2524.
5: Why don't you tell them your name one more time and that number so we can jot it down?
4: This is Lawrence Papaleo. Call me or text me directly at 305 748 2524.
3: It's what
1: happy tastes like. All right, and before we wrap up here with the CNS North Stars, we're going to have Jim Rysakowski, who's the owner and operator of Chick-fil-A, Cicero, who made one of my dreams come true by coming here. So we're going to hand it off to you because we came up with this idea jointly to have CNS here every single month and to make sure that all year round you're going to be surrounded by the student-athletes, the coaches, and the staff that cares so much about you and that you care so much about in the community and you know CNS obviously is right here on the wall at Chick-fil-A Cicero as well. So I'm going to hand it off to Jimmer for a few words.
8: Thanks Dan and uh, I want to thank uh, all you young people and and the families for coming. Uh, One of the things that's really important for us here at Chick-fil-A is uh, positively impacting the lives of everyone that comes in contact with the restaurant Uh, and no one more so than the young people in this community and so uh, your presence in this restaurant honors me and honors our team um the other thing i would share is you know one of the things that we like to recognize at chick-fil-a is uh people who are trying to be remarkable in their lives right and so when i was talking to mr Banarski about what we might want to do for the next monthly event uh we came up with this idea that we'd have some remarkable young people from cns and and you four right, were the people that were selected and I think that's an incredible testament to you Uh, but just as importantly a testament to your loved ones the people that are here tonight and some of them that aren't um, that obviously played a very big part in in you getting to this point in your life and and as you continue your journey into college uh, they're a big foundation for that so uh, thank you so much for coming out and being remarkable people and setting a great example for the other young people in this community in terms of what can be achieved through uh hard work and i know it's a lot of hard work and dedication so thank you have a good evening
1: that coming from jimmer sakowski owner and operator of chick-fil-a Cicero right here on 7916 Brewerton Road in Cicero, New York and I think it's only fair to say that we have remarkable athletes here but this place is owned by a remarkable person so thank you for the work that you do. Have a good night everybody and please continue to cheer on CNS in the community, show some love and one more if I could get just a round of applause for Eric, Amani, Lucas and Jess one more time for what they've done chosen as remarkable athletes in the senior spotlight. Have a great night we will see you here next month.
0: This is a wake up call. Fast Break.
8: This is Jimmer Sikowski, owner-operator of Chick-fil-A Cicero, 7916 Brewerton Road in Cicero, right in front of the Home Depot. I had a deep feeling that God wanted me to do something bigger with my life and to help people, help others. He kept putting Chick-fil-A in my life, and I realized as I was going through the franchise selection process that uh, positively impacted the lives of others was really core to what we do here at Chick-fil-A. First of all, it starts with the food. The food is brought in fresh, daily. You know, we bring in local produce. We prepare to order in the kitchen. We hand bread our chicken, we hand-spin our milkshakes. It's it's great food. It doesn't taste like fast food. I, I think the second thing is is the way people feel when they come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. It's different. We, we try to treat people with intentional kindness here, which is very different and deeper than good customer service, and so,
1: Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. I want to thank everybody that was a part of the show today. Alan Griffin, Syracuse University men's basketball assistant coach, speaking with me on the return of Tyus Battle to Syracuse for his junior season. I also want to thank Katie Kalinske and our coaches with Class, Coaching with Class segment that we do every single Thursday around 9.30 a.m. Eastern time right here on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora. So thank you to Katie Kalinske, who spent seven years under Jim Bayheim at Syracuse and is looking for her next opportunity as we move forward and hoping and, and uh, God bless the best for her and the best for her path as she moves forward. And I also want to thank from CNS, our Remarkable Athletes Senior Spotlight, would love to thank Jess Manili, who plays girls across there. and will be moving forward to LeMoyne, who just won their first ever national championship. Eric Pride for everything that he's done and heading forward to play running back in college and obviously playing running back at CNS to Lucas Merluzzi who will play wide receiver in college and in his time at boys' basketball as well as football at CNS. And Imani Free, who will head off to Quinnipiac and will be playing women's basketball and play girls' basketball at CNS. And, of course, Tim Bednarski, the athletics director of CNS, the first show we got to do together, and I had a phenomenal time. And, of course, to Jim Rusakowski, the owner-operator of Chick-fil-A Cicero, who made my dreams come true when he brought Chick-fil-A to Central and upstate New York and obviously we appreciate and love our mission and, and working with them there including doing things like serving the community and really want you to check out uh, what we did with that you can see our video on Facebook at wake up call dt on a surprise visit that we paid paid to the canteen which is right in front of Cicero North Syracuse High School, you definitely want to check out that video and and the nice little surprise that we gave to the young men and women in the community and and just uh, some of the words that Jimmer had to say and everything as well. So with that being said, Friday's show will be June 1st, hard to believe. So God bless your May, folks. Please say a prayer for my family. My aunt just had surgery, and uh, my dad is having surgery. So please say a prayer for the both of them say a big-time prayer for my mama because she's fighting the good fight, and, uh, and for my wife because she's an amazing person that's starting a new chapter in her life, and I just love supporting her, and I love being her partner. So God bless to my wife. And with that being said, blessings to everybody that needs it and all the prayers that we have out there. Tomorrow's show, as you know, on Fridays, we do the Annoying Moment of the Week, proudly presented by Carvel DeWitt, first and foremost on the show. We'll do that at 9 a.m. Eastern Time right after the morning menu. And then we'll get into a special Sound Bites of the Week at 9... Pardon me, significant Sound Bites at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time. And then at 10 o'clock, we'll be jumping into a world that I love on video and audio. We're looking forward to having John Newman back on the show from Newman Sports Card. So plenty coming up here on Friday's show. God bless May. Let's finish off May strong. Let's start June in an amazing way. June 1st is tomorrow, folks, and it's time to buy your tickets for the CNY Pop Festival. we got about a month and a half to go. Buy your tickets at cnypopfestival.com. It's a new festival coming to Syracuse, New York, brought to you by Dan Tortora Broadcast Media, LLC, and it's unlike anything that we have ever had here with the connection of sports figures as well as TV and movie stars, all coming together for one special day, one special event, Sunday, August 12th of this year. So buy your tickets now. VIP are available as well as pre-sale, and you can get those at cnypopfestival.com. God bless you all, and I'll talk with you tomorrow morning.